How good? Welcome back. Surly Talk Sports. Big fizz on your Friday morning. Another huge weekend of sport ahead. Unfortunately, we wrapped up. 2022 for the old Rugby League and Rugby Union. Two of the great games done for the year. She's going to be a long off-season. Fortunately, though, the sporting world continues to roll on. Bad year to be a World Cup. She's been passed around more than a Danny Doolin's regular. Been all go. Football World Cup started off with a hiss and a roar. Upsets galore. Early doors. We've still got a big summer of cricket ahead. NFL, NBA. Plenty of sporting action to chew through on your Friday to get you fizzed up. For another big weekend of sport. Off the park, the old silly season. She's in full swing. To be fair, it's pretty much silly season all year round. Love a good steam up. Had a 30th last weekend on the Friday. Wrapped her up early doors, which made for a pretty dusty Saturday. You know, it's tough on a Saturday. You can either kick on and she turns into a real bender, or you can call it quits. Luckily, did the second option, played it safe, huge morning of sport on the Sunday AM, so wanted to be fresh. Fair to say though, the old 2am kickoff for the Kiwi Ferns did take a toll on the body. This weekend, heading along to the cricket, hopefully this afternoon, if the weather comes to play. Then after that, going to get a bit of r and I think. The plan is to stay in. You'll never know, though. Got the old rubber arm of doom, so I'm sure it'll be twisted at some stage and end up having a couple of daiquiri So on today's show, we'll wrap up the old Rugby League World Cup, courtesy of Spark Sport, of course. Then we'll chew through the All Black season, give a quick little summary of that bizarre game that went down over in Twickenham and the year that's been for the lads in black. Weekly wrap, Football World Cup, Black Caps, NBA, NFL. Some of those will be getting their own segments starting next week as well. So big fizz for that. Then we'll rip into some punting, a bit of a magic multi. Said I'd do the Q&A this week forgot to chuck it up on my story rookie moves from me so that gets delayed again but she should be another absolute barnstormer to rev it up for your friday arvo so without further ado producer Sharla, ring the bell and let's get amongst it the Rugby League World Cup, she's all done and dusted and unfortunately it was the Aussie double, the one result that no one wanted to see. Kicked off of course, early doors, Sunday AM, 2am wake ups, as mentioned before, really did rattle me but had to get up to support our girls, the mighty Kiwi Ferns and shit did I head into this game with high hopes of course. Just the week before, they'd gone down in a tight tussle, 10 points to 8. So I thought we were in with a real sniff at this one. A squad stacked with talent. The Aussies down a couple troops as well. And my extremely large nostrils were giving me a scent that something could have been on the cards, but it wasn't to be. Shit, was it a domination from the Jillaroos. Comprehensive stuff. One-way traffic. She finished 54 
points to four. And the Jillaroos, they made a huge statement really right from the opening whistle. Scored for the first meaty in only the fifth minute. Headed into Oranges, 20 points to nil. And that was all she wrote. Momentum all their way. The Kiwis, they didn't dot down till the 64th minute. Down 38 points to Zip. I thought, shit, I hope we cross the chalk. Could be the ultimate embarrassment. Good to see us get some meat. But it still was pretty embarrassing in the end. Huge statement from the Jillaroos. They thrashed us on the way to their third straight win, so a hat-trick of far cups for them. They set the tone early doors, rattling some rigs on defence, relentless pressure for the full 80, never took the foot off the throat, the old cliche. By far the better side. Definitely deserved to win. Emma Tonangato, she was impressive, as was Sergis and Aiken. Kennedy Charrington, she was also good as well even ripped out the old Ronaldo celebration on Old Trafford so no doubt a real bucket list from her Madison Bartlett she got the Kiwis on the board 16 minutes to play not to be though in the end a true pumping Ellie Brigginshaw of course running the cutter in the halves what a footballer she is she was named player of the match and deservedly so put on a clinic and probably most disappointing for me the Aussies they clearly targeted old Racine McGregor who we mentioned last week won the Dally M won the golden boot was looking to chase her third straight gold really went at her in defence exposed her a little and it was a tough day at the office for her and once she sort of shut down shit that's an alliteration tough to spit out then that was game set a match for us shout out to Georgia Hale though I thought she was impressive really tried her hard out 124 running meters and 52 tackles in the middle that's a big shift not to be though the Jillaroo's way too good unfortunately our girls a tough way to bow out still some pretty encouraging signs though this game aside we unmasked some great players in the mix couple rugby converts that really put their hands up and I'm looking forward to seeing how these girls progress over the next couple years it's been a huge month or so for women's sport in New Zealand so fingers crossed they too can pick up some confidence and momentum from this tournament roll on and continue to develop over to the men's game and shit was it scenes pre and post this game you gotta say they may not have won the game on the field but they certainly won the war off it the Samoan fans take a bow so cool to see them out and about Australia New Zealand all over the world covered in Samoan flags so much so some fans were pushed to desperation they were making their own saw a few A3 paper cutouts where they just painted a flag on themselves that's Kiwi or Samoan ingenuity at its finest but you just love to see it the streets were packed flags from every car the music blast and the sirens getting put to work and you won't find a more passionate fan base than these pacific island rugby league fans can't help but bring a smile to a face and even the odd tear to the eye huge scenes and what an achievement it was for Samoa just to be here but of course unfortunately they went down to Australia who sealed their 13th World Cup title impressive stuff from them with a 30 
points to 10 win in a game that was really competitive. And if you look at the score, you'd think Aussie did it reasonably comfortable. And to be fair, they were never really pushed to their upper limits. But at the same time, a lot of experts were predicting a bigger score than this. So you've got to take their head off to Samoa. They showed up ready to play and at times really did push the Australians. The Aussies, they went in up 14-0 at halftime. She was a physical first half. Plenty of huge hits. Junior Polo, what a captain that guy is, certainly leading from the front. And the Samoans were definitely making their presence felt. They set the tone from the Sivatao. Tell you what, Brian To'o, Cam Munster finishing with a bit of a hungi there. That was iconic scenes. And you could tell the Samoans were going to be up for it. In the end, though, the Aussies just with too much talent. Angus Crichton. He spent some time in the naughty boy chair, got Sinbin, and it was sad to see Chanel Harris-DeVita in his final game of rugby league for the next little while anyway, going off with a head knock to the old raised elbow of Angus. And it does have me thinking, hearing Chanel talk, he did mention he was going to have a year's break or so to try other things. But every time you hear him talk, he keeps slipping up and saying that that was probably his last game of rugby league. So I just wonder if Chanel won't be coming back to the game. It is a real shame, though, watching him go about his work. Shit, is he a good footballer and a real talent? But if the heart's not in it and you're not happy, then what can you do? It just seems like he's got so much more to give to the game. Quality footballer, great bloke as well. Sad to see him. Cool time. Still such a young man. But back to the game anyway. 14-0 at halftime. And then from there on out, Aussie struck first straight after Oranges. Cam Murray dotting down. And this had me a little worried. 20-0. I thought maybe things could really escalate and blow out from there. Wanted to see the Samoans cross the chalk as well and trouble the scoreboard attendant. Good to see old Bizza. Brian To'o, he dotted down shortly after to get them off the donut. Tedesco replied with a media of his own. Then cometh the hour, cometh the man, Stephen Crichton. Shit, does he love an intercept. Another big play from him for a media. And then it was Aussie right on the whistle, having the last laugh with Latrell Mitchell scoring his second of the night to seal the game. And you'd have to say, deserved winners, the Australians. They were pretty clinical on the night. Up against the fired up side. Samoan side that had nothing to lose. Could have been a real banana skin game for the Aussies. They were good enough to get the job done though and get the result. They were well and truly favoured to do so. So you got to take your hats off to them. James Tedesco, player of the match, 234 metres, seven tackle breaks. He was unreal as he has been all tournament. Him and Joey Manu, the real standouts, both from the Chooks, both playing fullback. So the boys from Bondi, they've got talent out the wazoo. Cammy Munster, he had some nice good touches in this game. And Nathan Cleary set up quite a few meaties. I think he had five try assists. So he had the ball on the string. Probably the best performance from those two throughout this World Cup. I was really excited to see them as a duo. Fair to say they didn't quite live up to the hype until this game. Those big stages, though, they stepped up and really made a mark. Regan Campbell-Gillard, he was good up front, trucking nut, Isaiah Yo, also strong. For the Samoans, the big boys laid the platform. Josh Papali, Junior Polo, they combined for 326 run metres. They were trucking nut all game long. Brian Tor, only 150, and I say that respectively. Normally, he's up around the 290 mark, so just not given the opportunities. 
Joseph Sualee, he was powerful in the first half. Impact waned a little in the second half. Again, probably not the opportunities they wanted, but hats off again to Samoa. Just being here was a massive overachievement. Not many had them in the finals mixer, especially not after that first game performance. So well done to them. It was great to see. They fall short of the fairy tale win, but they're still winners in my eyes. What an impact they've made on international rugby league. And fingers crossed, in the years to come, they can get some more games. Shit, sign me up. Some more Tonga every year. I would love to see that. Probably in that origin window, though, it would have to be, which leads you to believe there's some changes coming up to state of origin eligibility. Going to be interesting to see how that affects this side. So Aussie get the dub. Surprise, surprise. Went into the tournament. Competition favourites, of course. Tough little shift for the Kiwis. Went in with high hopes for both sides. The men bow out in the semis. Cheers to Ashley Klein. The women, they get done in the final at the hands of a bloody good Jillaroo's side. Overall, you'd have to say a pretty successful competition though. And fingers crossed, International Rugby League can really kick on from here. There has to be yearly features. I'd love to see us play the Kangaroos, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, PNG even, every year could only be good for the game. So hopefully the NRL, they can come to some sort of agreement because it's bloody good watching International Code. Not often we get to see all these Kiwi lads lacing up for these Aussie teams come across the ditch and represent our great nation. The more of it, the better. So hopefully they can come to some type of agreement. Cheers also to Spark Sport. Of course, they got behind me, teamed up to promote watching the Rugby League World Cup. Really appreciate their support as well. Thought they did a bloody good job, an enjoyable experience. And now, looking forward to watching the cricket on that platform over the months to come. So shout out to you, Spark. Fingers crossed, the start of many more things. To come. So that was the Rugby League World Cup 2021, but played in 2022. Aussie do the double. A big up yours to them from me. Onto the All Blacks now, and shit, what a game this was. A real game of two halves, or even a game of 70 in 10 minutes, you could say. The All Blacks, hiss and start, thought they had it done, home and hose, maybe put the cue in the rack, took the old foot off the throat, England come back, and steal a draw in Twickenham. This game had it all, despite the best efforts of the referee, old Reynal, who really did try his best to screw this game, and he did screw it a little, to be fair. So stop starty. Penalty count was through the roof. In the end, though, as mentioned, she finishes a draw, and shit, did that leave me a little rattled on the Sunday morning. Three results that didn't go the way I was hoping. Wraps up the All Black season, though, on an interesting note. They look pretty gutted with the scoreline. England, on the other hand, and they were fizzed, happy to take the draw when it looked like they were going to get pumped. Interesting, the two different mindsets from the sides. But hey, it's the English. And what more can you expect? So out of nowhere, really, England came back and stole the draw. The lads were on fire for the first 70 minutes. And then a sin binning to old Bodie Barrett 
really did turn the tide. Things look to be well and truly going our way. I almost turned the tally off, to be fair. And shit, am I glad that I didn't do that? Because I certainly didn't see this comeback coming, and I don't think many others did either. We started with a hiss and a roar, shot out the blocks, one dog at Whanganui stuff, and I thought this was the best the All Blacks had looked aside from that Welsh performance a couple weeks back. First 20 minutes, we were all over them, even had another try ruled out as well, so the damage could have been even worse on the scoreboard. And for the next 50 odd minutes or so as well, we were in total control all over them. The lads were running a clean cutter, beating them at the breakdown set piece and in general play. And then as mentioned before, momentum shift. Bodie Barrett goes to the bin on an interesting call, it must be said. From there on out though, England really did bring the heat. Massive change of momentum, three meaties in the space of about eight minutes. And when she was all locked up right on almost full time I thought shit we could really lose this game here we don't deserve to lose it but England could pull off the famous victory but then right on the hooter Marcus Smith he decides to kick it to touch a bloody interesting decision and it kind of summed up the game for me he obviously got the call from the sideline to do so kick it out and take the draw old Marcus himself he loves a bit of razzle whenever he plays for Harlequins he likes to roll the dice so you'd have to think that was an Eddie Jones call. Kick her out and let's be done with it. All Blacks down to 14. England with all the momentum. Really did have me nervous and I think at worst they could have played their way into our half and tried to milk a penalty. I was quite relieved to see them kick it out though to be fair. Would have hate to have lost that game. Certainly don't think we deserve to. And some key players again put in massive shifts. In the forward pack, that loose forward combination of Dalton Papali'i and Adi Savia continues to impress me. Old Kelly Dalton's so strong with ball in hand. He adds another dimension to our running game. Some big carries. Physical, really strong in his tackle work as well, which unlocks Artie Savia's ability to jackal over the ball as well. And it's good to see Artie back in, ripping into those rucks, making a real menace of himself and causing turnovers aplenty. You'd have to think now, off the back of these last three or four performances from Dalton, he's the starting seven. And it's tough on Sam Kane, of course he is our captain. But Sammy Whitelock more than capable of doing that job. And I just think Dalton, he's the better footballer at the moment. You have to reward that. He brings that other element to our forward pack, which stops us getting dominated on attack. All these northern sides, they're bringing hissing line speed on us and trying to shut us down early doors. Having Dalton in the mix as well, another ball-carrying option, another bloke who can bend the line and get us front football. And that's when we look our best, when we can unlock our dual pivots, the dual Geordie Barrett's etc. of the world, your Mark Talia's on front foot, fast footy. That's the way the All Blacks like to play. That's when we look most dangerous. And Dalton, for me, he's a key part in that, alongside Artie, the best seven and eight in the world, in my biased eyes. Mentioned before, the referee, old Reynal, had an absolute mare and a huge impact on this game. He was calling everything precisely by the rule book. The game was so stop-starty, and I can't remember another clash that had more penalties than this one. Frustrating to watch. It was clear the bloke didn't have any feel for the game at all, and for me, this was a pretty shocking display. Gotta remember, this is the same bloke as well that penalised the Wallabies for not kicking the ball to touch quick enough 
up as well. So he's certainly a controversial character. Everyone loves ripping into a French referee as well. Not saying he doesn't deserve to be on the game's biggest stage, but I do think he needs to have a look at the footage. Someone should also have a word to him. It's sometimes you just got to let certain things go if they're not having a massive impact on the game. Because shit doesn't make it tough to watch and it's tough on the players too. You can't build up any momentum. You're so shit scared of doing even the slightest thing wrong because you know it could cost your team. And Bowden Barrett's infringement, a great example of that. There were plenty others throughout the clash as well and many people were messaging through saying they just couldn't deal with this referee. And that's not what you want from a footy game. It's not an easy job. Don't get me wrong. Shit, I certainly couldn't do it. You always cop some heat. But I think the less noticeable you are, the more successful you've been as a referee. And you certainly couldn't say it for this bloke. For the English, as mentioned, three tries in eight minutes to come away and steal the draw. Stewart grabbing a double and Stewart. Not the same bloke, but extremely similar last name. He also crossed for some meat. I thought they actually started to chance their arm in that last little period once they got their noses up, and they looked like a bloody good football side. Old Eddie Jones, he's under a lot of pressure at the moment, but you can certainly see the potentials there for this team. Rumours as well, Razor, he was meeting with the English rugby board while he was over there coaching the Barbarians. Again, really hope old Scotty doesn't go over there. He needs to be the successor for Fozzie post the World Cup. I think if he gets his hand on this English team, they certainly won't kick it out and take the draw. They'll be a lot more adventurous and they have the talent in the backs and the forwards to play an expansive game if they're encouraged to do so. So for me, Razor at the helm of this team would be incredibly dangerous for every other side in world rugby. Fingers crossed that's not the case and we get the job done. But well done to Eddie Jones's men. Never easy to come back from a deficit like that right at the death and steal a bit of a draw. Again, would have loved to see them play for the win, but that's the English mindset. It is what it is. So that brings an end to the All Blacks season for 2022. An interesting one at that, certainly turbulent, and it got the people talking. The New Zealand rugby public well and truly had their say this year. Eight wins, four losses, one draw. When you look at it like that, not all too bad, and you could have been excused for thinking at times it was a lot worse than that. Have to say, though, the back end of our season is what really saved us. We were one and three with two losses on the trot to Ireland and then a loss to South Africa in our first four games. Then we went down to the RGs down in Christchurch. That was a tough and historic loss. From there, though, we really hit our straps, put in some good performances, pounded the Aussies at Eden Park, put aside the Welsh fairly comfortably, and then had a good comeback win over Scotland as well. Fair to say, we're not playing our best footy, that's for sure, but the introduction of Jason Ryan and co, that certainly had a positive impact. Joey Schmidt as well, and I do still have high hopes for this side. You can see the changes that those blokes and Fozzie are slowly implementing to our game. We appear to have a little bit of the razzle back, but even still, I'd love to see the lads given a bit more of a free reign. I want to see Rizzo Mawiza, Yabodi, Barrett, etc. just chance their arm. Play that fuck it footy that they do 
for the Crusaders or have the freedom to do so in patches anyway. We all know these guys are great game drivers. They can get the boys in the right part of the park, but they need a bit of a free license to unleash the razzle. And at times it looks like that's been coached out of them a little. They're so worried about doing the wrong thing that they don't quite back themselves. But again, still plenty of positive signs for me that 2023 is going to be a good year. So fingers crossed, that draw, that's our last tough result for the next year or so. Of course, Rugby World Cup, she'll be all but over come this time next year. Fingers crossed, I'm sitting here punishing your eardrums, talking about a famous, historic All Blacks final win. She's going to be a huge year. Interested to see the selection side as well. Certainly a few rookies put their hands up this year. The wingers in particular, a real place of interest as well as the midfield. You have to stick with Geordie at 12 now for me. Rico Ioane, he was strong at 13 on the weekend as well. I think the position most up for grabs, probably Caleb Clark's spot on the wing, and has Mark Talia cemented himself in the mixer? We soon shall see. I think he certainly has. But hey, the likes of Sean Stevenson, Will Jordan, they'll be hot on his heels. Maybe more going for that left wing spot. Would love to see both those blokes back in black. Shooter especially. Not only because he's a mate, but shit. Is he a bloody good talent? So overall on the year, I'll probably give them a C, a pass mark, but only just. If they'd won that game on the weekend, probably would have gone C plus, maybe B minus. Huge result to go over to Twickenham and get the dub. So she's a pass for me. Still plenty of room for improvement though. And hopefully 2023 she'll be A plus stuff, A grade footy, five stars all round. The lads will be the champions of the world and we'll be attending a parade down Queen Street, absolutely chopped, giving it the big ones as Skipper Sammy and co, Artie and the lads come down on the float, trophy at the front, how good would that be, and fingers crossed that is in our near future. And the other results for international rugby on the weekend, of course, she was a full card with plenty of sides going hammer and tongs. South Africa, they pumped Italy, who maybe were still a bit dusty post their historic win against the Wallabies. 63 points to 21. Georgia, upset of the round. What a huge result for them. Considered a tier two side, they finally get the win over tier one team, Wales. 13 points to 12. Not easy to go to Millennium Stadium in Cardiff and get the win. A huge result for them. A bloody disappointing one for the Welsh as well. They love their rugby. That's their national game. Wayne Pivak, the Kiwi coach, he must be under some pressure now to deliver results. Interested to see how they bounce back this weekend up against the Wallabies. That's must-win stuff for me now. Should be a good watch. Namibia. They also pulled off a bit of an upset against Canada. If you look at the rankings, the Canadians, the old Maple Leafs, they were expected to get the dub there. Samoa, they bet Romania. Shout out to friend of the show, Leteru Tolai, of course, Harbour and Moana Pacifica hooker on his debut for the 685. Bloody good to see. And up the mighty coat. Scotland, 
Pumped Argentina, 52 points to 29. Off the back of another Finn Russell clinic. Shit, is this guy good. Many had the Argies as favourites to win this one. Scotland at Murrayfield. Make a statement, you love to see it. Ireland, get home in a tight one against Aussie. 13 points to 10. No Johnny Sexton though. So I think the scoreline, perhaps a little flattering for the Wallabies. Although they certainly looked a lot better than they did against Italy the week before. The French pumped the Japanese and the Barbarians. They're playing some club sides over in England and getting pushed right to the limit as well. They got a 31-30 win over Bath. Damian McKenzie with a cheeky little drop goal right on full time to secure them the chocolates. Playing some good footy too. This weekend, just the two international games, of course, we've wrapped up our tour, but Aussie and South Africa, they've got one more to go. Aussie versus Wales, as mentioned, at Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Both sides with plenty to prove. Both looking to bounce back from tough losses, Wales especially. So expecting a statement game from them. And I'll even back them in to get the dub. No doubt that'll be paying handsome. And then England, South Africa, that is going to be a doozy. South Africa playing some good code. They're full of confidence. England, of course, as we know, stealing a late draw last week and looking to capitalise off that. Looking forward to that one, 6.30am, early doors. Sunday morning, bums on seats stuff. So that wraps up the footy for 2022. Another great year of code. Super Rugby just around the corner. Think the lads start training. Early doors in December. The All Blacks boys, I don't think they'll return till after Christmas. Pre-season games in Feb. Then we're underway in March, I believe. So up the mighty blues. They will not lose. And hopefully the lads will be in the lab putting in some big shifts, ready for a big year, winning Super Rugby. World Cup next year. She's going to be all go. How good is the 15-man code? Weekly wrap time and of course the Football World Cup, arguably the biggest sporting event in the world. She's underway over in Qatar. Interesting scenes off the field. Of course news broke. The Qatari government, they pulled pin late on alcohol sales. Budweiser, they'd sent over over $75 million US worth of booze. Then they were told right at the last minute, unable to sell it. What a stitch up that is. Have it on good authority, they're going to sue for the massive amount of earnings, but in a good little play. Some good marketing from Budweiser. They've come out and said whatever team and country wins the tournament, we'll send them all the confiscated booze. So shit, it doesn't get a bigger incentive than that. The lads, they're now playing for 75 US thousand dollars worth of free piss. That would be enough to get me over the line, that's for sure. I'll do it for a grand's worth, to be fair. So interested to see now, if you see a rise in performance from some teams, then you know they love the lure of a steam up. Wouldn't be surprised if Aussie, full of fizz now, come over the top and pull off a couple upsets. And speaking of upsets, the first week she certainly delivered a few. Kicked off, of course, the first day, Ecuador getting the win over the home side Qatar. I believe Qatar became the first side who were the host nation to lose in the first up game. Tough scenes, not a piece of history you want applied to your name. Well done to Ecuador. Then England, 
got up, smoked Iran, six goals to two. Comprehensive stuff from them. Harry Kane didn't trouble the scoreboard, and I've got him down for Golden Boot winner. So that's particularly worried, but this game did confirm to me it's coming home. The old three Lions looking grouse first up. Netherlands, they got the win over Senegal. USA and Wales played out a bit of a draw, getting a late penalty. Gareth Bale rattling the back of the net. A big result for them. I think it's their first World Cup in 30 or 40 odd years. So great to see. Mexico, Poland played out a draw. France got the wood over Australia, four goals to one. Shit, was it exciting at the start though? Aussie scored first through Goodwin, a beautiful goal too, and I thought we could have been on for another big result. Wasn't to be though, the French poured in four of their own. Mbappe also dotting down, so good signs for him. Japan, huge result, upset over Germany, two goals to one, you love to see that. Saudi Arabia, also back-to-back upsets, getting the win over Argentina, and this was very interesting for me, speaking to a few soccer experts friends they mentioned Argentina and Germany alongside Brazil as the three teams to beat throughout this tournament many saying it was Messi's time not a good start for them going down 2-1 to the Saudis and the scenes from the Saudi Arabian fans as well you love to see it they were yelling out Ronaldo's celebration in the crowd a clear shot to Messi of course those two often in the GOAT debate tough result for the Argentinian lads Spain, seven of the best to nil against Costa Rica. A dominant shift from them. Belgium, 1-0 dub over Canada. Good to see them in the tournament. South Korea and Uruguay, they played out a nil-all draw earlier this morning. And then Portugal, not long ago, wrapped up a 3-2 win over Ghana. Up 3-1, Ghana scored late and I thought, shit, this could play out to be a draw. Portugal, good enough to hold on though. And shout out to Cristiano Ronaldo. Of course, he's in the news at the moment. Him and Man United have agreed to mutually part ways. It's been a tough year for old Ronaldo. Hardly been the perfect teammate. And I'm sure a lot of clubs are off him. Not sure they'll be lining up to side the old boy. 38 years old as well now and earning a pretty penny. So interested to see where he goes next. Did score in this game though. Bit of a statement for him that he's still got the goods. And he became the first bloke as well to score a goal in five different World Cups. 20 years of playing for Portugal at the biggest event on the calendar. That is insane. And then as we speak, Brazil and Serbia currently nil all, battling it out. Thought Brazil would be way too strong. Hopefully they can come home and get the dub. Always love watching them go about their work. In terms of games coming up, all the big dogs are in the mix over the weekend or the next few days anyway. England, they take on the USA. Aussie, they get another crack at trying to get their first win up against Tunisia. They'll like their chances there. Poland against Saudi Arabia. Can the Saudis go back to back? That would be big fizz. France, Denmark. That'll be a goodie, as will Argentina, Mexico. Big fizz there. And then Monday morning, the game of the week for me. Spain versus Germany. Two of the big dogs. Looking forward to that clash. 8 a.m. as well. A nice little time slot for your Monday a.m. viewing. Should be a beauty. So as she rolls on, we'll talk even more about that in the weeks to come. Bloody good competition, though. Of course, I'm back in the English. It's the only sport where I'll get behind them. Hate them in the cricket and the rugby and everything else. We'll get around them in the soccer football, though. Fingers crossed. 
it does finally come home. Bit of cricket chat now, of course. The old black caps well and truly into their work. The home summer has begun. Unfortunately, the T20 series didn't quite go our way. One loss, one draw, one no result. So the chocolates go to the Indians. First up, early doors, fair to say. The real winner, though, has been the weather. The old rain doing a number on the sides and shit is it frustrating. You tune in, ready to watch a hissing game. She's delayed deluxe. Sometimes they don't even play. That's the only thing about cricket. She's so weather dependent and unfortunately, the old weather, weather gods, Jim Hickey and co, haven't quite been on our side. Fingers crossed though, from today onwards, when the T20 series gets underway, that she's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Looks good in Auckland at the moment, where of course the lads are playing today. So fingers crossed for a full game of play, all 100 overs, and we can have a result. Should be a doozy of a game too. The Indians, they've flown over a few replacements. A couple of the big dogs are back in the mixer after a bit of rest time. Post the old T20. The atmosphere at these games, she's going to be unreal. Sea of blue in the crowd so far. The Indian fans certainly getting out and showing their support. Hopefully, though, she's all one-way traffic for the Black Caps. Good to see Captain Kane back in the mixer. And a big dub today would really give us some momentum in this three-game series. Before we head down to Hamilton on Sunday and then round her out in Christchurch. Third and final one day on your Wednesday. Hopefully, she's at least a 2-1 series win for the boys. But in the other big cricketing news during the week, and we all feared it was coming, but unfortunately, Martin Guptill, he has parted ways with New Zealand cricket. They said it's mutual. You can't help but think, old Martin would have been a bit gutted to have to move on. And for me, it just doesn't quite sit right. One of the legends of New Zealand cricket, one of our best batsmen ever, He's certainly right up in that top tier conversation anyway. The old Gup, and I think he deserved a proper send out. One last chance to get out there, swing the old Rimu, the grey nickels or whatever he uses. Put on a statement and get the acknowledgement and the send off from the crowd that he deserves. Wasn't to be though, missed the squad for this Indian series. And that was obviously the final straw for him. The Black Caps, clear, they're going with Finn Allen moving forward. So what I'm proposing is this, one of the great tributes for one of the great blokes, the old cuppy for guppy. Of course, the cricket box, the old cup, she's a key part to any batsman's equipment, you know. That's the only thing stopping the old kookaburra from crashing into your family jewels, the twig and berries, the old junior polos. So what I'm pitching is this, every cricketer, out there in this great nation, whether you're a club battler, the old backyard specialist, or you're one of the blokes that do it for a living. Out you get the old cricket box, the cup, you fill her up with booze, and you neck it out of it. The old cuppy for guppy, the ultimate tribute. It's what the big ginge deserves, and that would be massive fizz for me, sinking some tins to acknowledge one of the great sporting careers of the legend. That is... Martin Guptill. So go well, Gup, mate. Us cricketing fans, we really appreciate your service and some of those performances you put in 
in the black jersey and hopefully it's not the end of course the mutually parted ways old Trenty Bolt he's done the same though they've gone off to chase some lucrative dollars fingers crossed you love something she returns or something like that said it last week got it wrong then got it wrong again but hopefully we do get to see him again have fears we won't though so cheers Gup you've been one of the greats a real pleasure to watch especially in his finest form. I remember that game down in Welly against the Windies where he blasted about 250 of the best. Absolute scenes. What a bloke. Cheers to you, Big Guptal. On to the NFL. And of course, she's Thanksgiving over in America today. Actually watching Buffalo take on Detroit as we speak. Detroit looked like they might pull off the upset. Buffalo really struggling over these last few weeks. Been a bit of a crash down to earth type of shift. For them, huge to see Detroit get the win. That would be big fizz. Then following that, we've got two more games today. Of course, Thanksgiving footy. That is a huge tradition over in America. You crank out the turkeys. You get out the old pumpkin pie. Drink your body weight in Budweiser and say everything that you're thankful for in this world. Following this game, Giants-Cowboys. That'll be a bloody good game. Rumours as well. The Cowboys, they're after Odell Beckham. Dak Prescott himself constantly buzzing the bloke trying to get him to sign up post-Thanksgiving. If they get Odell, that offense, that wide receiver unit, she's already pretty nice. Chuck him in the mixer. Cowboys will be a genuine threat, that's for sure. And then the final game, and this will be a beauty, 2.30 this afternoon, Patriots taking on the Vikings. Bloody good game, the Pats. They always rise to the occasion on Thanksgiving. Vikings fresh off getting put to the sword last week from the Cowboys, 40 points to three. They'll be licking their wounds. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson and co looking to come out, put on a Thanksgiving Day show. How good would it be to see the gritty on our TV screens today? Looking forward to that game. In terms of other big games this weekend, Bengals Titans, that'll be a big one as well. Joe Burrow's men appear to have hit the straps. They're down. They don't have Chase at the moment. Higgins playing some great footy though. And of course the main bloke in the centre, Joey Burrows starting to rise up to the occasion as he did this time last year when they went on that hot streak right through to the Super Bowl. Titans, they're no joke. King Henry running the cutter there and they're at home. So that'll be a bloody good game. Jets, Bears, I'll be watching that purely for the controversy at quarterback. Of course, Zach Wilson last week really stunk it up for the Jets. Completed 9 of 22 passing attempts for only 77 yards. The Jets only scored three points in total. Then at the press conference afterwards, he comes out, says it wasn't his fault and he didn't let the team down. Well, clearly it was his fault. He's been cut, not in the mix this week. So interested to see how that plays out for the Jets. They're a side with one of the best defences in the comp. If they can sort out their offence, then they too could find themselves in the playoff hunt. So interested to see how that plays out. Browns versus Buccaneers. And I believe if it's not this week, it must be next week. The return of Deshaun Watson. If that is this week, be interested to see how that plays out. Rams Chiefs. This time last year, that would have been a huge marquee clash. Not to be though. Rams pretty much done now. Cooper Cup out for the remainder of the year. Chiefs looking bloody good as well. Big win over the Chargers last week. How good is Patty Mahomes? What a freak. Him and Kelsey's combination continues to win them football games. Packers-Eagles, Monday afternoon on ESPN. That'll be a good game too. Of course, Eagles bounce back from their first loss last weekend just 
B's Dick Stuff, a 17-16 win over the Colts. They're still well and truly the top side in the NFC. They have the best record in the competition. They're the front runners. Then you got Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVPs. Thanksgiving, loves the big stage. Team struggling, but can he stand up, make a statement and pull off the upset? We soon shall see things certainly heating up in the NFL and you love to see it. Then over to the NBA, quick little wrap up there as well. Celtics and Bucks, they continue to be the best looking sides in the East. And this Eastern Conference, again, extremely tight. Cavs, they're going bloody hot to trot as well. 11 wins, 6 losses, sitting in third. A couple surprises also in the top six. The Pacers sitting in fourth. Never would have predicted that. They're meant to be one of these tanking teams. Of course, rumours were they were going to move your Miles Turner, your buddy healed on for some young assets at the Lakers picks etc as well because they didn't think they'd be in any type of finals contention sitting in fourth off the back of some impressive performances from Miles Turner, Buddy Heald and mostly Tyrese Halliburton that young point guard that they stole from the Kings last year traded him for some bonus shit has that worked out well for the Pacers on a five game winning streak certainly didn't see them sitting up this end of the ladder also surprising the Wizards in fifth 10 wins, 7 losses. The Pazingas Beal combination appears to be working. Kuzma playing some great basketball as well. Rumours though, the Phoenix Suns, they're interested in Kuzma. They'd give up Crowder a pick and Tory Craig to get him on the roster. That would be an interesting move for me. Phoenix, of course, they need to move Crowder. He's refusing to play. And they are a real title threat, so they're going to want to get a deal done. Kuz would be a great fit. So interested to see how that plays out. Then over in the West, your top four at the moment. She's the Suns, the Jazz, the Kings, who have come on in a big way. Seven wins straight for them. Looking great. De'Aaron Fox, DeMontis Sabonis, as mentioned before, new to the side, playing some great b-ball. Kevin Herter as well, the old headband hurts, the little ginge, he's been shooting lights out, playing some great basketball. He's been another big addition. And then the Clippers, they're sitting in fourth, just ahead of Portland in the Nuggets. Wouldn't have picked this. Of course, Kawhi Leonard, he's played fuck all basketball this year, continues to sit out. He is the king of the old rest day, really playing it up, probably saving himself, you'd have to think, for the back end of the season. Paul George, he's out with injury at the moment too. So it really is a bit surprising to see them sitting up in fourth. When you look down the ladder though, there's only two wins in total, separating the team in 10th from coming first so she's incredibly tight in the west skin of the ball type stuff and a couple wins from these teams back to back would see them sitting a prettier top of the ladder look out for old golden state they appear to have flipped the switch and be looking pretty impressive at the moment they struggled early doors they got a couple of their bench pieces back now your Dante DiVincenzo Jermichael Green type players who certainly aren't going to set the world alight but they can play a bit of basketball and when you surround them with curries and pools etc while some of those other big names are getting rest they can get the job done and that's been their real battle at the moment the lack of a second unit once those superstars are off the court so plenty to play for in the NBA she's all go day off today because of Thanksgiving but then we get a stat card tomorrow 
full of big games. Every team almost in the mixer. You love to see it. Some big battles. Nets taking on the paces. Of course, Benny Simmons, Kyrie, KD, they're all lacing up for Brooklyn at the moment. Weren't able to get the dub over the 76ers B in Philadelphia the other day. The old return of Ben Simmons to Philly. I thought the crowd was actually pretty easy on him. Of course, he copped the booing. Could have been a lot worse, though. And Simmons, over the last three or four games, he's been playing some outstanding basketball. Looks to be all the way back. So you love to see that. Promising signs for Brooklyn. Pelicans, Grizzlies, that'll be a bloody good game. Zion Williamson, the other day, I think it was yesterday, actually, shot the lights out. An impressive performance from him. And Ja Morant in Memphis, they're always an entertaining watch. Good to see Jaron Jackson Jr. back for them as well. Shit, can that guy block some shots? So that'll be a key matchup. Him versus Zion. Bums on seat stuff. Bucks, Cavs. That's on Spark Sport too. That'll be a bloody good game. Of course, both these sides stacked. Drew Holiday back for the Bucks as well. Brooke Lopez, Giannis, all playing some great b-ball. This young Cavs side, always entertaining to watch. Garland, Mobley, Allen, Donovan Mitchell. Shit, are they good. Can't wait for that game. King Celtics, that'll be good as well. Two sides sitting right at the top of the ladder. Entertaining stuff. And then Nuggets, Clippers, Joker and Co. Heading to LA, a big game as well. Of course, Nuggs sitting in sixth. Clips in fourth in the West. Win here. Could see them overtake them on the ladder. So plenty to play for in the NBA. Still early doors tomorrow. She's day 37 of the 164-day season. So if my maths is correct, not even close to a quarter of the way through. She's a bloody good watch, though. And having a bit of luck on the punt in the NBA as well. Getting some same-game multis, etc. coming through. You love to see it. It's one of those sports. Chuck a little fiver on a day, of course, responsibly. But it's a bit of fun. And you might find yourself picking up some nice little odds and coming away with some good wins you love to see it but hey that's punting chat so why not heck of a segue let's rip into that now and of course, whenever we do punting, it is through our great mates at the TAB. Get around them. They support me, so let's show them some love. Back, plenty of promos on at the moment, with the Football World Cup being the main one. So let's kick her off there, actually. Some great games, as I mentioned earlier, coming up. So hopefully we can win some jam. There's been upsets galore. Will that continue to be the case? If so, you could find yourself winning some big plays at some big odds. So let's rip in. And of course, if you place a pre-match head-to-head bet on either team to win in a match, the game ends in a draw, though. They'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. That's huge. There's so many draws in football. So to be able to have that type of insurance, you back your team in. They don't get the win. They get the draw. Bonus back. You love to see that. A heck of a promo and of course mentioned some games coming up tomorrow that you can have a little flutter on the main one i'll be jumping in on england up against usa england heading in heavy favorites of course bloody convincing in that first clash paying a dollar 53 draw four dollars 20 usa head to head six bucks you can get in on england if the draw does come in you'll get your money back in a bonus bet the option i like though england to win 
and both teams to score. That was paying $3.20. The Legends have boosted it up to 4 bucks. That's some bloody good odds there. So I'm going to get in on that. Hopefully the USA can trouble the scoreboard. That'll be the key option. But 4 bucks. Do expect England to win. And of course in doing so, they're going to need to score some goals. So hopefully that can come through. Other big game tomorrow. Tunisia taking on Australia. Mentioned the Aussies. Might like their chances in this one. And this this is one where I think that bonus back could really come into play. Tunisia $2.10, Aussie $3.60, the draw at $3.10. So I'll make the old Socceroos. They are still the underdogs, $3.60. I'm going to jump on that. Hopefully they get the dub. If not, at least you want the draw bonus back. Big fizz there. Also tomorrow, Netherlands, Ecuador, Qatar, Senegal and Wales. Iran, the Welsh looking to get their first win of the competition, two bucks. Iran, 337, draw $3.10 there. Do like a cheeky little boosted option in that one too. Gareth Bale to score and Wales to win, playing four bucks. He's the big dog for them, of course, the big fella up front. If you think they're going to score, it would be through old Bale. So certainly some grouse odds there. There are, of course, power plays that you can bet on across the whole day as well. A couple that I like, there is four games on tomorrow and there's four plus teams to score two plus goals at $3.75. Not bad there. Wales, Qatar, Netherlands and England to score eight plus goals at $4.50. Those are four of the favourites. So jump in on that. Any two of Gareth Bale, Memphis Debay and Harry Kane to score first at $7. Also good odds and Harry Kane to score. Netherlands to win by two goals. $6.50. Decent there too. Why not? Chuck a cheeky fiver on it. So jump on, check out those power plays, get yourself in the mixer. If you're not a huge football fan, but you want to have a bit of a dabble, that could be the way to go. Some huge games coming up as well. As mentioned on Monday, Argentina, Mexico. Argentina, clear favourites. Mexico paying 650. If you think they could repeat the dose and make Argy go 0-2, that would be a nice little payday. And then Spain-Germany, game of the week, $2.30 for Spain, $2.28 for Germany, $3.40 for the draw. Might have a cheeky little flutter on that. She's all locked up at full time. Certainly not the worst shout. My pick of the week for the football though, the one I'll be chucking in the Magic Multi. Wales, Qatar, Netherlands and England to score eight plus goals combined on the power play, $4.50, lock her in. That is our first leg. Moving on to the cricket. New Zealand taking on India. The Black Caps hidden favourites at home. Eden Park, the Fortress, $1.65. India, $2.15. And I tell you what, I think that'll be a popular option at the bookies. Plenty of love for the Indian cricket side here in New Zealand. Again, some good power plays in the mixer as well. And also the top run scorer always catches my eye. In terms of top run scorer, a bloke I always love getting on, old Dazza Mitchell, of course, son of the great, controversial great, John Mitchell, paying $7.50. Delivered for me twice, old Gazza. Always a popular choice in my eyes. $7.50 of the best. Huge payday if you can multi that one up as well. 
Big Fizz there, onto some power plays. Dazza Mitchell or Tom Latham, top NZ run score at $3.75. Of course, I've got Daz for a big day, so that one certainly catches the eye. Tom Latham, 30 plus runs and two plus catches at $4.50. Not a bad shout there, of course. He's our wicketkeeper batsman, so highly likely option there. A wicket taken in the first over of either innings at five bucks, something for you to ride home. Make that first over either side of the drinks break extremely exciting and often you see these batsmen go out for a duck if Finn Allen he's swinging the Rimu then that's always a good shot five bucks fingers crossed it doesn't come in for us and it comes in for the Indians though would love to see Finn have himself a day Glenn Phillips 30 plus runs and Lockie Ferguson two plus wickets at five bucks not a sh- bad shout old Fergie Ferg he can get the nut swing in and then Mitchell Satna the final option three plus wickets New Zealand win paying seven dollars also not a bad shout old Sats can get her spinning trouble the Indian batsman, then that could well and truly come in as well. The option though that I'll be chucking in the magic multi for this week comes at the hands of the bowlers and that's Tim Southey and Ashdeep Singh to take two plus wickets each. Of course Southey, the sexy camel, he's got the ball on a string at the moment, really stepped up in Bolte's absence and then Ashdeep Singh, he's been bloody good. His first name is also Ashdeep so you can't pass that up. $2.87, chuck it in the multi, and hopefully both these two blokes can skittle the stumps, trouble the batsmen, maybe get a couple edges, and claim some wickets. But up the mighty caps, $1.60 on them for the nose. Also a good shout, and I'll be getting in behind them. Hopefully another famous win at the Garden of Eden, the home of the mighty blues, who of course will not lose. So hopefully some of that fortune rubs off on the caps. NFL mentioned earlier, two more grouse games up later today. At the moment, Buffalo about to beat Denver. Too late to punt on that one, of course. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Giants. Dallas at home and looking bloody good, playing $1.20. The Giants paying $4.55. The line, she's 10 though, and the Giants haven't been all that bad. Over, under is 45.5. Couple power plays in the mixer I like though, either Saquon Barclay or CD Lamb to score the first TD. $3.75, both quality players. Saquon Barkley, 35 plus rushing yards in each half. Only worry there though is this Cowboys defense. She's bloody elite. Brett Mayer, nine plus kicking total points in Dallas Cowboys to get the win. This bloke, he is gun off the turf. Can bang them over from any distance. Knocked over 260 plus yarders last week. So you could back him in to get nine plus. That would be big fizz. Dak Prescott, 300 plus passing yards, three plus passing TDs at 750. If you think the old Cowboys QB could put in a clinic and another great option, CD Lamb, 40 plus receiving yards in each half, paying $4. He, of course, is the main wide receiver target for Dak. 40 plus in each half, not unrealistic. Paying four of the best. I think I'll chuck that in as my third leg for the old Magic multi. The game after that, Vikings taking on the Patriots. Vikings $1.65 favourites despite getting pummeled last week. The Pats paying $2.15. The line, she's two and a half. Again, some good power plays in the mixer for that game as well. Delvin Cook, 
35 plus rushing yards in each half, paying $3.60. Justin Jefferson, the gritty god, 40 plus receiving yards in each half at $3.30. Again, though, Pat's D, bloody good. Ramondre Stevenson, 30 plus rushing yards in each half, paying four bucks. And if you think the upset is on, Patriots to win and have the most rushing yards at $6.50. That's a big payday. Pats love the big stage and no doubt Bill Belichick could well have them up and about. That plus two and a half line, she's also appealing in favour of the Pats at $1.92. Not the worst option. Then over to the NBA to round her out. Of course, no games today. Plenty in the mix tomorrow though. Charlotte, they're taking on the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, $1.53 favourites there. Charlotte, of course, no LaMelo ball, so deservedly so. Magic Philly, Magic favourites. Philly, $2.07. No Embiid, no Harden. Young Magic ripping up at the moment. Oh, Bol Bol putting on a clinic. He's about 9 foot 10. Can handle the rock, can shoot, can score, can rebound. That bloke can do it all. Knicks, head and face. Favourites against the Trailblazers, of course, no Dane for Portland at the moment. So that's tough scenes. Boston, clear favourites against Sacramento as well. The Kings paying $3.55, but I do think Boston will be too good there. Upset, the one I like that could pull it off. I think the Pelicans, they're in with a good chance against the Grizzlies. The game's in Memphis. Memphis are $1.83 favourites, pals $1.92. I don't mind that at all. Pelicans could certainly pull this one off, as could the Pacers at home against the Nets. They're paying $2.18, Brooklyn $1.65. The bookies are always so high on Brooklyn because, of course, they are stacked with talent, but they're not getting the results on the court. As mentioned, Indiana sitting in fourth and looking impressive. Not the worst shout there. Could be something to get around. As mentioned, been having some luck in the old same game multis. Going on the rebounds, assists and points, etc. of your reliable players. Lineup's not out, of course, at the moment. Can't do that right now. But if you message me tomorrow, say, Surly Horse, what do you want for your same game multis in the NBA today? I might flick you through a few tips. That'll get you some ticks on your slips as well. Nothing better than a cheeky same gamer. So for the Magic Multi this week, she's three of the best power plays. Of course, the football one, as mentioned, Wales, Qatar, Netherlands, England, eight plus goals combined, paying 450. Tim Southey and Ashdep Singh to take two plus wickets each at 287. And then either Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott to score the first touchdown in the Cowboys Giants game. They're the Cows, two running backs, both. Love a cheeky little TD paying 360. That three-legger, she's paying $46.49 of the best. Cheeky tenner on it. $464.90. Nothing to scoff at there. And fingers crossed, the old Magic Multi haven't done one in a little while. Hopefully the spell treats us well and we can come back and win some jams. Of course, as always, if you are going to have a punt on the sporting action or the racing this weekend, there's always plenty on. Please do so responsibly. Always gamble within your means, but also please do so through our friends at the TAB, New Zealand's home for sport and racing punting they're absolute ruse so get around them and hopefully you can pick yourself some winners right that's all we have time for this week surly talk sports really appreciate you tuning in 
as always. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If not, a big up yours from me. And I'll see you back here, same time, same place, next weekend. Ready for another huge episode. Should be big fizz. Go well, you mad dogs. How good is a Friday?